What's up, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of the Shoot Your Shot Sports Podcast. As usual today, we've got a couple of Monday mailbag questions, going to be touching on some news all around the sports world, including NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball. Also, back by popular demand, the return of the most lucrative betting advice in all the land, my UFC underdog of the week. Episode 35 coming at you right now. Everybody, we are back again. Thank you once again for joining us. I'm Landon Pangburn, along with my brother and co-host Preston Pangburn. It's a Monday night. We've made it to the first day of the work week. P, how you doing? I'm good. It was a it was a nice weekend up in Charlotte visiting Anthony for his 30th birthday. We spent Saturday playing a very nostalgic game of wiffle ball. Oh wow! Went up, went up to a little league field, you know, playing with tennis tennis balls and a wiffle ball bat. And it had rained for like five or six straight days up there, so super muddy fe- muddy field. I took a couple nasty spills, um, and then on the drive home on Sunday, I spent a few hours contemplating whether I should quit my job to become a full time day trader on NBA Top Shot. Yeah, so, <laughs> considering that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so more on that later, but um, a lot of fun this weekend and a little bit of crisis as well. So good times. Yeah, NBA Top Shot is tough. You know how we always get distracted whenever there's a sporting event on during the day at work? NBA Top Shot's like that, except it's year-round. It's like every day, I just want to check the prices of different NBA Top Shot cards and see if I can make some money. Yeah, it's becoming addictive for me and I need to put it down every once in a while. It's like, it's the stock market, but for sports nerds. So exactly. yeah, it's, it's, it's tough on us. Specifically NBA nerds, which is even a more particular set of nerds. Yeah, the fact that it's appealing to you, <laughs> yes. I, I know that it's real. It's awesome. Yeah, your your weekend sounds a lot more exciting than mine. I pretty much just got a haircut. Yeah, well, it looks good. Happy for you. Thanks, man. Yeah, I so backstory, then we'll get into some sports. So I had been getting my haircut at the same place for a long time, and they shut down because of COVID. So I was looking for a new place this weekend, and I was Googling places in Brookhaven to get my haircut. And I came across this place and started reading Google reviews. And one of the more recent reviews was from a couple months ago. And this guy said, yeah, I was getting my haircut. My barber started talking politics. We came to find out we liked a different candidate. And so he intentionally gave me a bald spot in my head. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Yeah. That's insane. It was awesome. Then I expected the response from the owner to be like, uh, denying it or something like that. They're like, yeah, we're really sorry this happened. We reimbursed you. We told our, our people to no longer talk about politics. It's like, they just basically admitted that it happened. <laughs> so savage. So needless to say, that's not where I ended up going. That's funny. Well, I got a bad haircut in sixth grade and, you know, never went and got a haircut again. Mom cut my hair for like 12 years till she moved <laughs> to Texas. And now I do it myself. So, yeah. you know, was that you're, the one, you're doing better than me. Was that the one you looked exactly like Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. <laughs> Pumpkin pie haircut and freak. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You want to get into some Monday mailbag? Let's do it. We're going to start off with the uh, the one from Thomas. Let's do it. Okay, so Thomas Mott wants to know, who will have a better year next year, Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts? Two things to point out with this question. The first one is, we got to touch on a piece of news, is that Carson Wentz got traded from the Eagles to the Colts this past week for a, what is it, a second and a conditional first round pick? 
So yeah, a third round pick and a second that can become a first yeah. if Carson Wentz either plays 75% of the offensive snaps for the Colts or 70% of snaps plus the Colts make the playoffs. So not not a bad trade. I think it's kind of a win for both sides. But the funny thing about this is that the Eagles, even after getting rid of Wentz, are you know really hoping he can stay healthy, which is you know some things never change. Yeah, it's questionable. Yeah, so I, I like what you did here, Thomas. So a little backstory. Thomas is one, a huge Eagles fan, very obnoxious. Eagles fan and secondly thinks that Carson Wentz is the greatest quarterback of all time so I like what you did here because he's basically forcing me to say something nice about one of the two I either have to say something nice about Jalen Hurts or about his favorite quarterback this is a really tough question I'm gonna let you go first on this one so I want to say Wentz and Wentz is one of the trickiest players I think I've ever seen in a short career what's he been in the league for four years and it's been an absolute roller coaster which yeah. peaked with that what would have been MVP season before he went down and got hurt but I just think the change of scenery is going to be huge for him there was a story that came out this past week that Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson didn't speak for like 10 weeks yeah that's crazy I saw I, that I have no idea how that's possible for a starting quarterback and a head coach but clearly that relationship was you know it was reported as fractured but it was fully broken clearly and I just think that a change of scenery going back to his old offensive coordinator and the Colts head coach Frank Reich will be huge for him playing behind that mean offensive line with Quentin Nelson having help from a run game with Jonathan Taylor and a really strong defense I just think it'll take a little bit of pressure off of him and he can just kind of have a fresh start and be the guy there so I'm going with Wentz yeah, you, you make some good points. I, I do think cer- that Carson Wentz is a certified bum. He led the NFL in turnovers last year despite not starting the last month and half of the season. So I don't think he's good, but I still think he's going to have a better season than Jalen Hurts, right? Like he's surrounded by a really good team. You just mentioned a couple of the guys that kind of broke out towards the end of last year. Jonathan Taylor in that running game should be really good behind the offensive line. Quentin Nelson, by the way, is putting together one of the best first few years of a career for an offensive lineman in NFL history. Like that guy is a possible future Hall of Famer. Defense is really, really good, led by Darius Leonard. Michael Pittman seems like a, an emerging number one receiver. They're hoping to re-sign T.Y. Hilton, who's, who's a free agent this offseason. So they should have a really good team around Wentz. And so between that, the coaching staff, the defense, I think he's going to have a better year than Jalen Hurts because the Eagles still have the same problems, right? Like Jalen Hurts, first of all, isn't a very good thrower of the football in the first place. And then second of all, he still has no one to throw it to. And you can't trust the Eagles to draft anybody, any good receivers in the first round after what they've done the last two years, taking J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson and D.K. Metcalf. So yeah, I don't, I just don't think it's going to go well for the Eagles. So you started off by saying that Thomas was forcing you to say something nice about one of the two guys, and then you pretty much just tried to torch his boy Wentz. Uh, yes, because I see what he's doing. And so I'm, I'm <laughs> I'm trying to go against it. That's funny. Okay. I want to push back on one thing you said about Wentz's receivers in Indianapolis. So T.Y. Hilton's a free agent. We don't know for certain that he's going to be back. And then also Michael Pittman. Did you see that story about him today? I saw that he's not going to give up his number to Carson Wentz. Yes. And I'm not sure I've ever seen that before. Usually the guys just, you know, bend over or they'll sell it to him. Um, But yeah, maybe there's some beef there. He he might not even be throwing the ball to Pittman all season. So Wentz might might not have anybody to throw to other than like Jack Doyle. (laughs) Yeah, that that would not be ideal. Naheem Hines, though. That guy catches some balls. He does. Yeah, they. I mean, they've got a good team. I expect there to be a really good battle once again in that division between the Colts and the Titans. They're going to be pushing for a playoff spot. The Eagles, I guess they have a chance of making the playoffs because the NFC East is so bad. But yeah, um, the, the Colts are going to be a much better team. And for that reason, I think Carson Wentz is going to have a better year. Agreed. And I, I just want to mention also the flip side of this is Jalen Hurts. I mean, are we entirely convinced he can play? No, but and also speaking of that, I've seen a lot of buzz the last like 24 to 48 hours that the Eagles are at least considering taking a quarterback at number six in the draft. 
Yes, and I've seen that too, particularly Justin Fields at number six. And if he falls to them, I, I, I think that that would be a pretty good move. But I actually asked Thomas on Twitter, what what are the chances that this could happen? And he said 0%. And I kind of agree with him on that. I mean, if you're going to take uh, Jalen Hurts in the second round when you still have Wentz, you might as well try and surround him with some talent that he didn't have last year. I mean, they were pretty depleted with injuries, didn't have many strong receivers. I think Jalen Rager was kind of the lead guy and he was a rookie out of TCU, spent a lot of time injured. So I don't know. I, I think that they're going to roll with Hurts this year, but I'm, like I said, not entirely convinced he can play. He, he did okay last year in his four starts. They went one and three. He ran the ball well, showed some promise there, especially as a power runner with that read option with Miles Sanders, but he completed 52% of his passes for six touchdowns and four picks. Like, he just, he didn't play well enough to kind of dispel the whole thing about, like, when he was coming out of the draft, he was not an elite prospect. He went 52nd overall. He was kind of viewed as a project to, you know, turn the ball over too much. So, I don't know. I'm not convinced Hertz is the guy. I agree that it's unlikely for the Eagles to take a quarterback in number six, but it is certainly above a 0% chance. There's absolutely some chance, at least a 10% chance that they do. Like it's, it's a, it's a possibility, especially when you got that tier of four guys who likely one of them's going to fall to six. Yeah. And it's a new head coach. I mean, Jalen hurts doesn't know this guy's offense. Like mm-hmm. he, he wouldn't be even a step ahead of whoever walks in the door as a rookie. So I don't know. I, I agree with you that there's above a 0% chance, but I think it's less than 20%. One thing that works in his favor is that with the huge dead cap hit that they're taking by dealing Carson Wentz is it helps them a lot to have a quarterback who's not making a lot of money, right? Like I mean, I know uh, an undrafted or sorry, a, a top rookie draft pick would be making not as much money either, but it's nice to have a guy already in place like Jalen Hurts who's making very little money and being able to kind of surround him with more people using your cap space rather than trying to like, you know, finagle another guy and then have Jalen Hurts be virtually worthless when you're already struggling for money. Right. I'm with you there. Okay. Well, I guess we, we gave our answer. We're both on Wentz for having the better season next year, but let's move on to Monday mailbag question number two. This one is from Sam Bleckman. Did Spencer Jones deserve that beating? Lando, I'll, I'll let you give a little bit of a backstory here. Yeah. The backstory, Spencer Jones was a red shirt senior receiver for Oklahoma. Don't really think he played much as a receiver. I think he was more so their, their holder on kicking plays but the video we don't really get any background from where the video started but there's this video of him at a bar and a friend picking on these two other dudes and it seems like spencer jones and his friends are instigating the fight it seems like they're probably at fault for this and next thing you know these two guys who are clearly smaller than spencer jones and his friend just start laying the wood to them and like homeboy like picks him up puts him on his back decks him in the face you know, takes his back, puts in double hooks and starts beating him in the face to the point that Spencer Jones needed an orbital left orbital reconstruction surgery today on his left eye because it got pounded into his face. And so it did not go well for them. It turns out that these two guys who they fought have been, I think the quote was, we've been wrestling since we were in diapers and cage fighting since we were 12. We did the best we could. We tried to show restraint, but they couldn't. Like, (laughs) yikes. Cage fighting since we were 12 is one of the scariest things I've ever heard. And I think we might need to call child corrective services (laughs) on those kids' parents. But Michael Vick. (laughs) Right. I mean, we all have that friend who has, you know, had one too many drinks and accidentally fought a UFC fighter unknowingly. (laughs) So that'll happen. 
happen. But I don't know. To answer Sam's question, I'm not fully qualified to say that Spencer Jones deserved it or not, because you never know what kind of precedes this type of video. Like you said, it did look like he was instigating it, but I don't know who started it. Yeah, we don't know who started it before this, but uh, he certainly was trying to provoke something and it ended poorly for him. Yeah, but my theory here is that they were just role playing. Like Spencer Jones said, this bar bathroom, like, let's pretend this is the college football playoff. I'll be Oklahoma. You be an SEC school. And these small guys just proceeded to whoop their candy ass. <laughs> well done. I love that. Thank you. All right. So we don't have another Monday mailbag question, but we do have a Monday mailbag comment. This one is from Jordan Fulton. He said, just want to give a shout out to Lando for another certified lock with Derek Lewis. Keep the locks coming. Let's what do you go. have to say to your fans on your UFC underdog picks of the week? Bro, this is what I have to say. Okay, we're killing it these days. You got to keep in mind that on these UFC picks, I'm going underdogs every week. So if we just go 50%, we're making money. We're cashing in at 50%. The last two weeks, we're 2-0 and with a plus 350. And Derek Lewis this past weekend was anywhere between a plus 280 and a plus 325, depending on when you got him. So we're, we're making big cash on these underdogs. Yeah, good work there, buddy. Just just feed the people locks. Let's go. All right, so let's let's go ahead and hit it with the uh, the next UFC underdog of the week. Preston, you can sit out for a couple minutes because... <laughs> Yeah, you just roll with it. Specialty, okay. So you're gonna love these names. You always love the names. It's that's basically what you go off of, right? Yeah, I mean, you told me Nigerian Nightmare versus Gilbert Burns. I said Burns had no (laughs) chance, and he got smoked. I mean, his name's Gilbert Burns. He's an author. All right. Well, this weekend I have got my boy Nikita Krylov against Magomed Ankalaev. So this is a light heavyweight fight. A little bit of background: Nikita Krylov has actually lost two of his last four, but you got to look at the opponents. He lost by split decision to Glover Teixeira, who's the number one contender right now. And he lost to Jan Blahovich, who's currently the light heavyweight champion. So not two bad losses. In his past, he's, I guess he's like 26 and seven. Five out of his seven losses are by submission. So he rarely loses in a stand-up game. His, his weakness is submission. But if you look on the other side, Magomed Ankalaev has fought much weaker competition. His last two fights, which are the two most impressive fights of his career, were against Ayan Kutalaba, who's just not, not a great fighter. <laughs> and you love the names. Uh, yeah, this is a foreign language to me. <laughs> so not, not like a huge competition. He is more of a stand-up guy. He's never won a fight by submission in his career. So his strength is not Krylov's weakness. So I think he just matches up really well. I can certainly see how Ankalev would win this fight, but I think given the experience, given the competition level, and given strength versus weakness matchups, I think Krylov has a much better chance than his current odds of plus 265, plus 270, depending on where you look at winning this fight. Lock it in. Nikita Krylov, UFC underdog of the week. Get some money. Nikita Krylov. All right, there you go, Fulton and everybody. There is your lock of the week. All right, what's next? You want to move on to some Major League Baseball? Let's do it. I think the biggest news was contract. Go ahead and hit it up. Yeah, so Fernando Tatis Jr. signs a 14-year, $340 million contract with the San Diego Padres. I mean, this is just a crazy deal. The longest deal in Major League Baseball history, topping the deal that Bryce Harper signed for 13 years last year. And for most people, if you locked in to doing the same job at 36 years old as you're doing at 22, that you know wouldn't be a great thing. But when you're playing baseball in San Diego for like $2 million a month, it's not bad. It's pretty sick. I think I saw someone estimate that it was going to come out to about $45,000 per at bat for the duration of his career, which really put it into perspective. <laughs> That's absurd. So basically, every game, he's going to be hitting at the top of the order. He's making 180 k yeah, four forty five thousand in at bat. Yes. See, I always do that math too, and it hurts my feelings. Like I remember my, Matt Ryan signed that twenty one million dollar deal, and I just divided it, and it was like fifty seven thousand dollars a day. And quarterback contracts have doubled that. <laughs> Crazy. So think about think about it like this: 
if an average at bats like four and a half pitches, he, he takes a ball, he makes ten thousand bucks. Yeah, that's like, super chill. That is wild. You know what you can get on NBA Top Shot for that? <laughs> for 10,000 bucks? <laughs> like 120th of a LeBron James three-point guard? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, this is a interesting deal. I When I first heard it, I was like, that's kind of crazy. But then when you do the math and it comes out to like just over $24 million per year, I think it's actually a very team-friendly deal. I mean, he's an incredibly promising player. Obviously, things could go really south if injuries kind of get into the picture or whatever. But for a guy who at the age of 21 last year finished fourth in the MVP voting and is expected at a prime position at shortstop to be one of the Premier League players in the game for the next decade or so, you're not even having to pay him into his like twilight crazy later career years because he's so young right now. If he produces anywhere close to what he did already last year over the duration of this contract, even for a period of time, he's well worth $24 million a year when you got other guys like Mike Trout making $37 million a year. You got at least 10 guys in Major League Baseball making over $30 million a year. So I think this is a really, really good deal for both parties. I think so, too. And a couple of the instant reactions I saw, I saw to this, one of them was someone saying that the Ronald Acuna eight-year, $100 million contract looks even better for the Braves now. Incredible. Yeah, and but it, it brings up a point for both of these guys that, like, can't they halfway through these demand a new contract? Like, these contracts, I feel like there's a lot of upside for the player because they can just at some point ask for a new deal. But the fact that they're fully guaranteed, I feel like the teams aren't very protected from them. The teams are definitely not protected in baseball. It's pretty tough. I mean, tomorrow, Fernando Tatis could lose an arm and they owe him $340 million. Oh, yeah. They're on the hook for the whole thing. Yeah. It's so, brutal. Which, which makes it all the more crazy that baseball contracts keep getting longer. Like they went from 10 years to 12 to 13 to 14. Like, where does it stop? Yeah, I remember a while back when A-Rod signed whatever it was, like 10-year, $252 million deal, I think it was, with the Rangers. And I thought that was the most absurd thing I'd ever see in my life. And that doesn't even pay off. That's four years and $100 million almost to this one. Like, it's just things keep on escalating. But, but keeping that in mind, that's another reason why I do think this deal is good for the Padres is because contracts increase over time. Like a $340 million deal might not be that crazy 10 years from now. And they still got him on for $24 million a year. So who knows? I think it's going to be a good move for him. Yeah, it'll be an absolute steal for at least the first half of it. Who knows after yeah. that? I mean, I don't expect Bryce Harper or Tatis, you know, similar to A-Rod, like you just mentioned, to see the end of these deals. But whatever, they could win a World Series or two in there. So best of luck to them. So just curious, this is a really random thing, but do you remember what Fernando Tatis Sr. is most famous for doing? Two grand slams in one inning? Two grand slams in an inning. So did you see the little thing about what a guy did in college baseball this weekend? Uh, no. <laughs> so this is this is the first weekend of college baseball this year. And Florida Atlantic played UCF in their opening series. And I saw that there was a true freshman kid for FAU that hit two grand slams in the first inning of his college career. No way. Isn't that crazy? True freshman. True freshman. Came up against UCF. So like a real, I mean, that's a real competition school. And yeah, came up first to bat, bases loaded, hit grand slam, came back up. I think it was 13 minutes later, hit another grand slam. Pretty wow. sick. Yeah. yeah. I'm happy for him. I think he's going to have a nice college yeah. experience. Just thought about that with Fernando Tati Sr. Thought it, was a, thought it was a cool little thing to throw in there. Good job, oh, yeah. Good job, FAU guy. Love that. All right. Well, that's about all we got for baseball. There's not a ton going on in the free agent world at this point. But no, which, which is news in itself is that the free agent market in baseball is kind of declining and dying, except unless Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, they still don't exactly know if they're going to start the season on time. I really hope they do. Weather was amazing today. I could really use some spring baseball weather, some outdoor Braves games. Sounds fantastic. Yeah, I think tomorrow and Wednesday are supposed to be like 64 and 68 and sunny. We've been trying to pitch my boss on having a retractable roof at the office for like the last five years and he somehow <laughs> won't bite yet. Seriously? Yeah, it's tough. What a jerk. I know. Not in the budget? 
Maybe not, someday. Not yet. Maybe someday. We're working on it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to some NBA basketball. So the Brooklyn Nets beat the Clippers last night in Los Angeles without Kevin Durant. They have now won six in a row and they have emerged as a heavy favorite to win the East. Have you seen the most recent odds on them? I have not, but what are they? So it's steeper than you would guess. The Nets are minus 120. Wow. Sixers are in second at plus 450. Bucks plus 600. I mean, that's that's a heavy favorite. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was I was a non-believer at first and I'm getting nervous about the Nets. I they're they're scary, man. Like They're really good. They're I mean, really, they, yeah, they're they, scary. They have to find ways to get better on defense and I think they will, but the offense is just wild. Like how do you stop those three? It is bananas. And then last night you got to keep in mind they didn't have Kevin Durant and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both both had good games. Like this wasn't just like a bad game by the Clippers. This was their two stars both had good games. The Nets were missing their best player and they still beat the Clippers. Like that's um yeah, they're scary. They're good. They are and I feel like there's an argument to argument to be made and I know it's a small sample size but I feel like these three are kind of growing into their roles a little bit quicker than that big three in Miami did with D Wade Braun and Bosch like I know that they had that conversation apparently where James Harden is going to be the point guard and Kyrie is going to be shooting guard I mean those guys are both traditional point guards both can handle the rock so I don't know like I just would have expected a little bit more time for them to mesh especially considering some of those personalities and egos but they got it they got it rolling yeah I think that's the most surprising thing to me is I expected that maybe towards the end of the year or by the playoffs they might have it rolling a little bit I expected certainly more growing pains than they're showing right now and I wonder if part of it is because I feel like one of the three has been missing in a lot of games so far. It actually kind of works out well for them. It'll be interesting to see once they actually play a series of consecutive games with all of them in there. But yeah, like you said, offense is super, super scary. I don't know what you do to stop them. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with, and I'm not liking my Bucks versus Nets bet as much as, as I did two weeks ago. Yeah, well, the good news is all that you're going to owe me is like a $20 Mexican dinner. But Fair enough. Know. Yeah, but they're, they're role players. Like They're not a complete joke. Joe Harris is good. Joe Harris is good. Landry Shan it's not bad he can hit threes play a little defense and DeAndre Jordan like he's a little washed up but considering his role where he doesn't have to score at all and he can just focus on defensive re- defense and rebounding I mean they're solid dude fun little fact if you're in the betting game that I saw earlier this is interesting because you got to keep in mind the the lines makers in Vegas obviously know this the Nets are 21 and 4 in the over in their last 25 games which is pretty incredible considering how high their overs have been I think last night their over was 235 and they're still going over consistently so keep that in mind for your future betting picks that's a good tidbit there and don't you have one on the Pellies too yeah similar to the Nets the Pelicans are 21 3 and 1 in the over in their last 25 so rip those Pelicans and Nets overs see I think of I overthink these like does that mean you rip the overs or does that mean that they are due for inevitable regression and you should take the unders and then kick yourself either way if you lose yeah I'm pretty sure the lines makers just going to make it 50 50 next game anyways so your chances aren't any better but it's just a fun <laughs> thing to think about yeah fair enough all right well there's some more lock betting advice from Lando what else you got let's go well last week towards the end of last week I think it was Thursday night we had two 50 point games in the same night we had Joel Embiid put up 50 for the Sixers and right now he's currently I think second behind LeBron in MVP odds so he's been a monster this year been fun to watch and then secondly which I thought was a super interesting stat was Jamal Murray became the first player in NBA history to score 50 50 in a game while not shooting a single free throw, which is almost impossible to do. Yeah, it's pretty insane. That means you had an incredible shooting night. I think he went, what, like 15 for 20 or something yeah, like that? Just really incredible high percentage. shooting. Yeah, it was awesome. 
Yeah, he's a stud, and he proved that he can do that in the playoffs as well. He, I think he did that 50-point dueling game with Donovan Mitchell. So more from uh, more to come from Jamal Murray. Yeah, I forgot to mention something with the Nets. Do you remember last week when they came back from 22 points down in the third quarter to win? Yeah. Okay, so my boy Jason had a six-team NBA parlay that night. He had $25 on, on, five different, or on six different games. They won the first five, and the last one he had to go was the Nets to win that game. They're down 22 in the third quarter. He turned it off, and then later on he checked it, and they had won, and he won 1249 bucks. 1200 12 It's $25 in a six-team parlay, yeah. No way. 1249 Wow, good work, Jason. Yeah. Feel free to shoot over some advice to the boys. Let's go. Pretty sick. Well, he also ripped my uh, UFC underdog of the week on Saturday and cashed in. Let's go. Let's go, yeah. <laughs> you love that teamwork. Love that. And then one thing I wanted to point out, just a really fun play, was that Anthony Edwards dunk did you see that yes he absolutely yammed on that guy Let's he's gonna go. be all over the place yeah play of the year so far in the nba i think unless you can think of any better that was just absolute destruction gotta love that yeah put on a poster put on a moment is that is that gonna be the new thing yes put on a moment nba top shot there Let's you get go it. can't wait <laughs> that's our final plug for the day come on all right that's gonna be a wrap for our episode today thank y'all for tuning in don't forget to follow us on apple and spotify leave us some ratings and reviews lock in that ufc underdog of the week get paid. Hope you'll have a good week. See y'all next week.